Welcome back to the series series. I'm Chris Lee. And I'm Kirk Knudsen. And today we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the fourth episode in Marvel Phase 2. Is that right? Yeah, let's see. It's on our right for <laughs> We've been having trouble running this one down. Yeah, a lot it's, of problems. It's uh, Iron Man 3, Thor Dark World, Captain America Winter Soldier, and Now Guardians fourth, of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, I like this movie. Yeah, actually I do too. I, I remember... So it's it's weird where I have seen this movie once all the way through, but I've never seen the whole thing again. Like I've always seen really? bits and pieces. Yeah, I've never seen this the whole is, thing. This is this is one of the movies that's on the probably top half of Marvel movies I've seen the most. Probably up there, and not even like because I've like seek seeked it out all that much, but just like I end up watching this movie a lot. Well, we can talk about it. Let's yeah. get into it in a little bit. What's what have you been watching this week? Oh, man. So, I'm going to start with a couple things I, I watched with you. <laughs> okay, just now? <laughs> just now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we watched... Um, I'll go High Maintenance first. Okay. Um, just watched an episode. Yeah, you so, haven't even told me what you thought about it yet. We yeah, just watched it. It's pretty good. It reminds me of a, a, a light-hearted Louis. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's very accurate. Louis is... It's funny, it's the same city, and yet... And I could probably see the same things in Louis and get kind of depressed. Yeah. How chaotic it is and like mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And yet, in this episode, it was, or in this show, it was actually, uh, I don't know. It, it, however they film it or whatever, um, even if potentially bad things are happening, it doesn't feel as defeating as Louis. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, um, like both shows kind of find humor in the absurdity of like, yeah life and just living in a big city but um yeah whereas louis a little bit skews a little bit more depressing this is more kind of just almost whimsical yeah yeah Yeah. i that's a good word for it um so there's that uh we also watched the disaster artist (laughs) yep which is a long time coming so can uh, we preface this to why we watched this oh yeah Yeah. Uh, so yeah so uh, long time listeners of the podcast will know that we have a love uh Love. We have we have a, lo- <laughs> a love affair with the room, uh, and they're playing the room in Milwaukee in a couple weeks, and Tommy Wiseau is going to be there. That's right. Yeah. So I, I'm 100 percent going to that. I and want. I, and to. I hope I have you to can make to the, it too. Yeah, I have to talk to the wife, but that yeah. sounds like a great time. That's, <laughs> yeah. I, if tickets aren't already sold out, I mean that's. I don't amazing. know. I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, boom. Just like went out, yeah. I went and bought my ticket. I was like, I'll find, I'll figure out later, like what who I'm going with. And like, but I'm buying a ticket because I'm going to that. And you sent me the fact that the Oakley uh, Dokalies are coming, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to see that because you talked about it where, on the podcast. Where is that? It's in um, Bayview, I think. Okay, it's a new barcade that's opened, and apparently, uh, you know the band Direct Hit. No. Oh, they're from, like from Milwaukee, but the, okay. the apparently the guy, one of the guys from Direct Hit, owns that place. Oh, nice. I forgot cool. what it's called though. X-ray. I can't plug it. X-ray. That's what it is. Okay. X-ray. Plugged. Yeah. Consider it plugged. So X-ray. Oakley Dokley's the Ned Flanders metal band is going to be there. So rad, dude. I, and my wife's like, do you want to go to that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, what? I was like, are you going to be permission? Or like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's um, funny. 
So that's very sweet of her. Uh, and then, yeah, Disaster Artist was it was pretty good. It was a uh, it's a weird movie in that you're watching behind the scenes of a movie that's not like the best movie. It's just it's a really awful movie, and uh, I'm more convinced now than ever that Tommy Wiseau is a alien. Yeah. Well, yeah. The only thing that you were wrong about there is that you said it wasn't the best movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the best worst movie of all time. Yeah. There you go. Subtitle. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and it was. Um, it it's hilarious seeing the side by sides. Yeah. Uh, breakout performance by um, James Franco. Right. No, no. Oh. Uh, I was gonna say um, uh, High School Musical guy. Oh, Zac Efron. <laughs> yeah, dude. So good, dude. I was yeah. like, I was actually scared when he was in it. I was yeah. like, dude, this guy's intimidating. And that's the High School Musical kid. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, no, and um, yeah, James Franco did a great job. Yeah, I I like that movie a lot. It's, I don't know, it's just so ridiculous. The whole, the movie is ridiculous, and then also everything surrounding it is ridiculous It as makes well. you want to read the book. Like, go to, oh. li- go to the library and check the book out. and if you can find, Yeah, if you can find it at the library, it would be an interesting read. Um, but I, what I was going to say is, when I first saw this movie and re- re- reviewed it back on the podcast, like, this was, like, right when we started recording... I said, like, if you've never seen The Room, you should see it before you see this movie. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, I mean, yeah, you'd have to because it literally does scenes of the movie and yeah, it, totally like, it, out of context yeah. would be kind of weird. And it ruin, yeah. it kind of ruins the funny bits of the yeah. movie that you see. Absolutely. Watch the movie first. Watch The Room first and then watch The, the Disaster Artist because it's really kind of a, it's a, a compliment to that movie. You know what I mean? Like it, you, it's yeah. a, it's a commentary, literally on the room. So yeah. you, if you're unfamiliar, watch the room first. I and like, you'll get all the jokes and yeah. yeah. And I like how the kind of line it walks, where it's like, it's obviously like reveres the room, but at the same time, it's not like a movie of like go watch this movie. You know what I mean? Like it's it kind of tells the both good and bad. I think yeah. of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it casts Tommy Wiseau in an unbelievably. Awkward and almost bad light, I would say. Yeah, like he's he's sometimes shown as very bad. Sometimes he's like yeah. more sympathetic though, you know, yeah. like as a character. Whereas Greg comes off like really good. Yeah, he comes like, he off looks looking bad. like gold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and he's the, from what I understand, the writer of that. He's book, the writer so. of the book, right? Yeah. So I think if I remember right, when when he wrote that book, Tommy was like still not talking to him. I think. Like Are they, they were, on they talking terms yeah, now? They okay. just made a movie together. Really? Yeah, it's called Best Friends, but the R is in parentheses. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, volume one and two. There's two volumes. Wait a minute. So <laughs> Best Fiends yeah. otherwise? That's interesting. Yeah. I don't... I mean... And I also saw recently, too, my friend shared a post with me that apparently Tommy Wiseau is making his next movie, and it's like a shark movie. I'm like, mm. the thing about this movie, the thing about the room though, is though it's never gonna get recreated. You know what I mean? No, like, yeah. Tommy Wiseau can make movies till he's blue in the face, but they're never gonna be as good as the room. Yeah, because he was intentionally trying to make something that's good, and it ended up being awful. It was kind of like lightning in a bottle. You yeah. know, like it only strikes it's one time. You know, like that's it. Something tells me he's going for now. He's going for comedy now. Comedy now. Yeah, and he shouldn't. He should he's at for... least aware of, yeah, of what he's be. doing. If somebody could keep it from him, he could probably keep making gold potentially. But yeah, and then also I have one more um, thing yeah. that I watched. Have you ever seen Train to Busan? Ah, uh, no. But I've actually it's <laughs> kind of been on like my secondary list for a long time. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's a Korean movie, um, a Korean zombie movie. Not to 
give it away, but yeah, I mean, it really. I mean, I knew that. That's what it, it is. Um, and it made so South Korea, as as people probably understand from uh, that Gangnam Style video, <laughs> is very decadent because yeah. they're very they're very capitalistic and affluent and whatever. Um, and it's funny because every single movie I've seen from a Korean filmmaker has been dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. The guy who makes the old boy movies. Yep. Chan Park Wook. And then uh, the guy who did the Snowpiercer movie. Yes. And then this as well. What was um, that name? I don't remember I, all their names. I, yeah, this Chan Park Wook did one of them. And, uh, I can't remember the But they're all, they're all very dark. And um, a lot of them are... Well, I shouldn't say even a lot of them. Um, the train ones <laughs> that I've yeah, seen yeah, are yeah. very anti-capitalistic, which is kind of fascinating. Oh, yeah. That train Pierce... Uh, Snowpiercer. Snow, yeah. I'm sorry, Snowpiercer was uh, definitely that. Yeah, yeah, and this one is too. It's interesting. Um, it, it to me, it's always so fascinating that really decadent societies um, critique capitalism. Like you get to a point where um, you have zero worries. I mean, obviously they have North Korea, you know, yeah. blasting into them all the time. But like, it's just it's interesting that their their film is so dark. Um, and now there could be a whole category of, of Korean movies that I'm unfamiliar with because I'm an American. Well, and yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure not that's, it, but, that's probably not the only movies they make, but, but it's are fascinating. The, the ones that's that what we see. Us. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a lot of horror and stuff too. Yeah. Uh, Bong Joon-ho is the guy who did the Snowpiercer. Movie. Oh, okay. That's his name. Yeah. And oh, by the way, so I love, I love old boy. Um, that was like a really good movie. Really awful, but really good. Snowpiercer, again, really good, but really awful in a different way. Yeah. This one was interesting in that, um, I won't spoil it too much since it's on your list, but um, it's not as good as the other movies. It's not as good as like some of the quality I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's good, but it's not as good. Um, the story seems a little less complete. It's very, it's very fam- similar to... Um, it reminds me a lot of, oh no, uh, is it Dawn of the Dead where they're in the mall? Mm-hmm. It, it's almost as if their inspiration was like Dawn of the Dead. It's very yeah. eclectic and like, you know, you're just on these these people and seeing seeing how people of different stripes react with those who have, those who, and it's not even those who have and those who have not necessarily. It's like those who have a lot more. And then those who don't have as much. Yeah, you, you know, know that's that's a real theme. You're right in Korean movies because I'm thinking about that too. Oksha has some of that too. Oh, that's another one is, I want to see. Is yeah. Also, I think that's Bong Joon Ho as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there's a lot of movies that are that kind of have that theme running through it. It's Korea. it's so fascinating to me. It's so fascinating to me. I I uh, it reminds me a lot of America, like how we're so like I mean, think of how Get off rich. No, no, no. Think of, think of how. No, but seriously, yeah, I am kind of getting off, like, get off my lawny. But it's it's uh, it's fascinating to me. But I will say that um, it's an interesting take on zombies. It's an interesting take on um, status, I guess. And what I would say is, it's a movie about actually, it's a movie about selfishness because that gets repeated often. Hmm. So, which is a cool thing to think about in a zombie apocalypse scenario, being selfish. Because yeah. you never really, as far as I remember it, like, you don't really see that. You don't see people being 
selfish jerks at a zombie apocalypse. It's usually like it's survival usually like mode. One character that's like, and they're portrayed as the bad guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's all I have. Um, okay. Things I've watched with you, and then that. Yeah. What do I have this week? Did you talk about the game last week? Oh no, I didn't. Um, so I've been recently. Oh, remember Jeremy? Jeremy was on the podcast. Yes, yes. Um, I miss he... him. Yeah, I'll let him know. Or if he's listening, you'll hear it. Deal. But um, we got really into this game called Super Meat Boy back in the day. And is that is that too much, by the way, to say that? I miss him? Is that is that kind of so. too much? I don't think so. Do I sound kind of like I watch him when he sleeps kind of thing? <laughs> Maybe a little. Because, <laughs> I mean, that, that happens, but I don't, I don't want to sound like that. Yeah, you don't you know want it to come across. I, I just know. don't want the optics are yes. bad. You know? Right. Um, well, I'll let you know what he says. All right. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to listen, so it's fine. He, he listens. He <laughs> Does listens. he? Oh, yeah. okay. Fair yeah, he listens. Um, so, yeah, we've gotten to this game called Super Meat Boy, and it's like this really difficult... It's an indie game, and it's a super difficult platformer, so like you have to be very precise with what you're doing. And like, We both got really into it, and he, he told me, he was like, hey, you should play this game called Celeste. It's a lot like Super Meat Boy. And I did, and it's... It's a really, really awesome game. I've been playing it quite a bit the last couple of weeks. And what do I, what do I want to say about it? It's like the game has a really interesting story. It's kind of about like overcoming self-doubt and like doing, you know, like just committing yourself to something and doing it. And the game is about climbing a mountain. Like that's where all the platforming comes in. And it's interesting because it ties really well to why I like these games, which is like they're very, very difficult, and you'll get to something, and you're like, okay, there's no way I can do this. Like, this is impossible. And then you give it a couple tries, and you're like, oh, well, maybe I can do it. And then you finally do it, and you're like, oh. And it's just like this amazing gratification. Really, It comes in really short bursts of very intense gratification, which is why I like these games. And uh, it kind of goes with, like, the theme of what they're talking about and, like, you know, like, just applying yourself to doing whatever, you know? Interesting. Um, yeah, I saw. But yeah, I saw it's the, very interesting. I saw when you were playing um, last week. Yeah, uh, it was very, very much that way. Yeah, like and you'd be like, "Oh man, I can't get this thing," and then all of a sudden you're just like, you pass that one, we're on the next level. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, that was actually good. Yeah, and then you just do it. Yeah, like that's I don't know. It's very, very cool. I like that the feeling of doing that. So I recommend it if anyone's into that. But yeah, like I said, it's very, very tough. Like you have to be. But I also, I tend to, like, just in general, like, I tend to enjoy things where I can, like, pinpoint focus on something. Hmm. I definitely don't have ADD, we'll say that. You know, like, building that little thing up there. Like, I love just, like, sitting and being like, all right, I'm going to focus on this one thing that I'm doing for, like, an hour. By the way, you will never know what that thing he pointed to is. Yes, you won't know. So... Welcome to Radio Not TV. Yep. That's the... Yeah. Well, yes. That thing right... that That's that, really cool, by the I way. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's pretty rad. Yeah. I like that. I enjoyed making it. <laughs> Must take a lot of time. And, it took and, like... I don't know. I mean, I did it over the course of like three days. It probably probably wow. put in about an hour and a half each day. I kind of want one. I mean, you know, I can show you where you get it. You can, you can make it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Celeste, I recommend it if you like difficult games platformers yeah yep. it, it it the graphics looked a lot like uh, sonic mega man yeah it's like 8 like, bitty yeah a lot of indie games are that i feel like now do you think that's cuz it's cheaper to make or do you think it's like the nostalgia factor i think it's probably both like they don't i mean cuz i bet you that i don't know for sure but i would guess that like indie games don't have 
the amount of money to do like super like photo realistic like how a lot of big blockbuster game triple a games are so that instead of like trying to do that with not enough money they probably pick a simpler format which is why even indie games that look really nice sometimes have like cartoony art styles yeah Yeah, it's not like they they never try and do like physics and like real like reality because it's it's funny how they you know you could go 8-bit like you go atari you can go nintendo it looks like their stuff is like sega sega genesis or super nintendo style graphics which is like peak you know right bit yeah but it's yeah it's uh that's funny i never thought about that before but it's still the game looks really nice though yeah yeah. because the thing is is they can then take that style quote-unquote style and make it look really nice you know because they do have better capabilities than they had when they were making super nintendo games you know Yeah. yeah that's all i've got this week man it's an eclectic rundown we have. So yeah, let's get into this uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I just rewatched this today, and it's another movie where I was like, I don't know if I needed to rewatch that. I think I watched it probably about a year ago with one of my buddies. Am I doing the rundown? You want me to do it? I'm trying to think. Well, I can do it. I'm just trying to figure out like how I want to do it. It's like hard. Do I just want to introduce the characters, or like do you want to try and go through plot? Like so, because I most have of something them... to I have oh. something to say about this. Okay. Um. It's about these particular movies and plot. Yeah. So if I don't know you, I don't know. Run it. Run it down. All right. I'll do it. Twenty seconds. Let me seconds. know when you're ready. Uh, whenever you're ready. All right. Rogue Star Lord steals the Infinity an Infinity Stone. Along the way, he meets Gamora, who's an assassin for Ronan. Uh, Drax, who's just a big dude, and then Rocket and Groot, who are talking tree or a talking raccoon in a tree uh they there's a guy named ronin who's trying to destroy a planet and with this infinity stone but the guardians of the galaxy don't want him to get it uh gosh yeah that's tough dude like i i was debating whether or not i should talk about the characters because that is like half of the movie is just setting up setting up the characters which i really like that it sounds like you're gonna say you don't like it no i like it i like it it's almost like you have a mini avengers where you have each of these different vignettes of people to set up, mm-hmm. but then you end up having the plot on the back half of the movie. So that, yes. to me, is the thing that I was going to say, is when you start the plot to this movie, you have to kind of start late. Let like, me, once they're in jail, almost. Let like, me answer, let me, can I answer that with a, another 20-second rundown? Yes, yeah, can I do, yeah. I'll can give you 20 seconds to rebut that. Can I do a different 20-second yeah. rundown? Because I think I can sum this up in a better way. It's going to be a little bit more abstract, but I think I can do it. All right. If it starts with Andy Dwyer gets caught up in space. <laughs> no. Right. Oh. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Star-Lord, a rogue who is separated from his home planet of Earth. Gamora, who is the estranged daughter of Thanos. Rocket and Groot, who are two lone mercenaries for hire. And Drax, who is avenging the death of his family, come together and learn about real family. Hey. Am I right? 1595. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Because this is... movie's not about the plot. It's not <laughs> no, about it's Ronan. Because R- Ronan is, is another typical yeah. bad Marvel villain who's yeah. just there to be a bad guy. He he serves the purpose of them coming together to to uh yes. to defeat something. Yeah. I, I like I like this movie. I, I hate I'm by this point especially I'm sick of the Mar- the bad Marvel villain, right? Like yeah. they're always the same, they're always boring. But this movie is kind of interesting because it's like I said, it's not about that. There was one of the, the biggest things, and I actually wrote a bunch of them down, is how in-depth I feel like they got with, like, the family metaphor and, like, the friend, you know, just talking, like, 
the themes of friendship and family, essentially. Because yeah. in this movie, I mean, you've got a lot of it. So obviously there's Star-Lord who, like, watches his mom die, yeah. right? And then yeah. is abducted by people and raised by, like, a foster family of Yeah, talk about a one-two pirates. punch. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that. And then Gamora and Nebula oh, are yeah. sisters, right? And they're to, both, to like... a horrible father. Uh, to, like, a, yeah. They're adopted sisters to, like, a tyrannical leader. And they, <laughs> they both hate him, yeah. you know? Um but they're still like kind of on opposite sides of a thing. Like that's kind of interesting. And then there's like Groot and Rocket who are like seemingly don't. Ha- well, Rocket definitely doesn't. Rocket have a has issues. Rocket has issues in the fact that he was created. He was like he has no. He has family. that whole thing where he was torn apart in a lab and put back together. And he's yep. he, yeah. And Groot and he even says at one point too, "There's no one." Like me, but me. Yeah. So, like, that even furthers his, like, isolation. Like, he yeah. has no family and kind of finds, like, this partnership with Groot, who is, yeah. in a, in probably a similar way, very... I mean, we never see any other Groots, but, like, he has no connection to anyone. You know, like, people yeah, can't understand like him. Groot. Yeah, yeah. He, they, you know, like, and he's obviously, like, Groot is shown as, like, a very, like, um, kind of goofy character, despite the fact that he's, like, giant and super strong. yeah. yeah. And then Drax lost his kid, I yes. think, right? And his, his and his wife. So yeah. Drax is like avenging the Surrogate death of his dad, family in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, ex- yeah. And then obviously there's the met- like the metaphor of all of them as like a family. Yeah. You know. So I thought that was really family. Cool. Family. Yeah. Oh, speaking yeah. of which, Vin Diesel's in this. Vin That's Diesel great. is in this. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> I just got what that was. Um yeah, Vin Diesel does Groot. You know who I really appreciated this time around? Hmm. Uh Bradley Cooper. Yes, he's he really, really good. good. He doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper. No, he sounds like a cartoon. Yes. Like, he sounds like he's... he's. It's like he went back in time and had to make up a character for Looney Tunes or something like that. Yeah. Like, hey, you're the raccoon guy, so you gotta make up a voice. Yeah, you're, like, real spunky and... Hey, yeah. Like, he's, yeah. like, this little New he's Yorker. He's, like, a little New Yorker. Yeah. 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 Um, and, yeah, I feel like his character comes through in his voice really well. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, he's like, really good. He's very emotive. He's surprisingly good. I mean... Not that I have any reason to believe that Bradley Cooper would be a bad voice actor, but like he's a surprisingly good voice actor. Uh, I couldn't picture him. Every time I thought about it being Bradley Cooper, yeah. I would be weirded out. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. Because I don't picture Bradley Cooper as a voice. You never yeah, see him. I don't, him I do don't picture him as one either. But I'm just saying, like he's an actor, so like yeah. I have no reason to be believe he'd be bad it, at it. It's but, like, like if, he's um, surprisingly good at it. Yeah. It's like if uh, how do I put this? It, it'd be like if all of a sudden. Will Smith put on a voice or something like that. You'd be like, "Oh, what? Like Will Smith does voice acting? <laughs> like and he did like a little thing yeah, and then I guess he did you know, though. It's just kind of odd. What was it? it that was I think just he was Will just Smith. Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nobody saw that. But yeah. that. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like if you put on a voice that like you're like what? That's Will Smith. Yeah, it'd be odd. Like you yeah. wouldn't picture him. Yeah, as, you're right. You yeah, know, that's right. Kind of interesting. Or like anyway. George Clooney or something. Yeah, he was in, like an animated yeah. movie. It's just odd. Yeah. Every time I see this movie, I feel like I enjoy it more each time. Because hmm. when I remember when I saw this movie in theaters, I was like, it was good, but like, not as good as everyone was kind of hyping it up to be. You know, because I, I remember when it came out, there was like a huge fever around this movie. Yeah. And I thought it was decent, but like. You know what it is? Well, and, I, and I think this is the case. It's a very fast movie. There are mm-hmm. points on it where it slows down and you feel it. But I think the points where it slows down are normal paced. There is so much. I was telling my wife, I paused it. Like, I watched this in a couple of days. I paused it, like, halfway. You know, you see the whole thing where he's um, getting that little 
stone and kicking the lizards. Uh, yeah, and then, I like that intro. Uh, yeah, he gets arrested. You meet the cast at the public square thing. They all get arrested, and then you see the prison, and then the prison break, all in the first half of the movie. Yeah. And that doesn't sound like a lot. That's like three different things, I mm-hmm. guess. But, man, it happens back to back to back yeah. to back to back to yeah, back to sure. back. And it, they're all like action-y pieces. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just like... And they they all have really cool... Like there's a lot of really cool identifiable things that happen that's, in all those yeah, bits, yeah. you know. And, and this movie is very stylistic too. Yeah, like it's very it has its very own unique style, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they go to the the head, the head. Thing. Yeah, they do all that in the first half. The head's probably about the midway, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and that scene's really interesting too because it's kind of. I like that scene. A lot, yeah, that is man. really cool. I like that they have really cool world building stuff. Yes, like yes, the, they do the head thing. Um, I was trying to. So when they go to see the collector, um, I was trying to look around and see all the um, all the different types of art direction that they were trying to use, like how things change. And it's a very like Star Wars has a very lived in world mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. This seems lived in, but very uh, I don't know a whole lot of art style like a comic book style people, but like it's very chaotic looking, like very messy. Almost yeah. like clean but messy yeah. in a way. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. If you look, like it's not like big ship, big ship, empty void of space behind them, and right. they're talking. It's yeah. like stuff's dripping. There's like all sorts of like hanging and different angles, like in the background yeah. and yeah, stuff I know like what that. You're saying. It's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. Yeah, sparks flying and whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're right. I like and <laughs> remember how la- I think it was in the last episode we were talking about all the. The big name actors that Marvel gets, yeah. So in this movie, they got Benicio del Toro oh, yeah. in a like a five minute role, yeah, and Glenn Close, who's like in yeah. like almost none of, the, and John and C. John Riley. C. Riley, yeah, like, which is funny because he has could, some of the one of the best lines in the in the thing when he's talking yeah, about the a quote, "I'm not 100 percent a dick." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, do you think he's told the truth? I don't think anybody's a hundred percent a dick. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, dude, is I can still laugh to this movie. Like, I. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff that I I noticed this time around that a lot of the jokes are kind of like not in the background, but they're not like the focus of scenes where like a lot of of Marvel stuff is like, hey, that was a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where in this one, they do do that. But like, there is also stuff where like, especially with Rocket. Oh, yeah. He'll just like, he'll say something and it's like, as he's walking up, you know, like, yeah. it's not like the focus of what's going like, on. Like, in a plan, I need that guy's leg. And then you don't know that's a joke. Yeah. They they do a whole heist, including getting that guy's leg. Yeah. Like, like group grabs something and they're like, blah, 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 leg. And then they go do their things, yeah. you know, like they're divvying up the tasks. And then all of a sudden the joke doesn't come around till the end yeah, when he's end. like, you actually did it? I didn't think you were actually going to do it. He's like... Whoa, dude! That was yeah. a fun. That was a pretty fun payoff, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. That. But that—that's an. And then it comes back later when he's like, yeah. "I need that guy's eye," and then he's like <laughs> freaking out. He's like, what? "Wait, what?" But that's like an instance of where, like, even though that joke is funny, that's an instance of where like a joke is kind of at the forefront, yeah. you know. But like, there's times where like he almost says stuff in the background. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I can't think of a specific example, but um, yeah, I, I just I do appreciate the humor in this movie. I I laughed at a part in this movie that this time I, that I don't think I've really ever laughed before. And it was like where they're talking about the plan, and Star Lord's like, "I have twelve percent of a plan." Oh, and then yeah. he gives him a fake I laugh. Laughed. He's like, "Ha ha ha ha!" He's like, yeah, "That yeah, is yeah. a fake laugh." He's like, "It's a hundred percent a real laugh." Like, yeah. it's just I don't know. It's just a little goofy. Like, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, that's pretty. Rocket has a lot of good lines. Yeah, Rocket is good. They, okay. I found this out after seeing them interact, A, in the second movie that they're in, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and then um, seeing them in Infinity War. They all seem a little slow. All the Guardians? All of them, yeah. <laughs> if you see how they interact, like, it's interesting in world because they're all playing off each other. Yeah. But when you start seeing them, like, interact with, like, like think about Tony Stark in there. They all seem like they're well, they're really stunted in high school or something. Yeah, or like, they're all very doofy. Like. That's yeah. what it is. It's, it's like... Um, even Drax. Even, like... Well, especially Drax. Oh, we need to talk about him. <laughs> okay, deal. All right, I got something to say about him. Yeah. Um... Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I was just going to say, it seems very jarring in hindsight now because I never thought that this movie demonstrated that they were like that. Yes. But now watching it, it's like, they're very odd. They're very slow seeming. Like, it's almost like, like, uh, one time I went with our buddy Sean when we were young to a party and I didn't drink at the time and I don't like get, I don't get drunk. So I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have at that point either. And uh, he he got drunk and everybody else was drunk at the party mm-hmm. and I was the only one that was not. Yeah. You know, and then you try and have conversations with yeah, people. Yeah, everyone's and drunk and like... It's annoying. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah, I know it is. It's like you're sure. you're in a mental institution. Drunk people are, like. are impossible to deal with if you're not also drunk. Yeah, dude. Because like, you, you're not on the same... It, yeah. It seems like they're all in the same wavelength, you know, when yeah. everybody's drunk. But then when you're not, it it's... Right abysmal like i can't i can't deal with it but that's what it's like almost like watching this movie it's not like they're all drunk it's like but they're not normal you know they're not like it's not like captain america and iron man and you know uh bruce banner and stuff like that hanging out talking being quippy well that's also part of it too is they're not supposed to be any of that they're supposed to be criminals they're yeah, all supposed to be yeah, criminals that yeah. just come from like weird places, you know. Yeah, yeah. With the exception of Gamora, who okay. So let me talk about this for a second. Okay. Um, I hate Batista in this movie. I think his acting is horrid. Hmm. First off, like terrible, like to the point of cringy at, at moments. And I feel like the woman who plays Gamora, I don't like her in this either. I like her in some stuff, but. I do not like her in this. I feel like both of them gave bad performances in this movie. It's hard for me to... So, Zoe Saldana or whatever? Yes, that's her She name. seems to be able to hit her cues when she's acting. Like, she's all the Hollywood whatever. But she's not a standout person. Like, she's not like a... Um, like a Julia Roberts or, you know, something. I know that's a bad, a bad thing, but she's not like a first go to. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of like really peak stars. You know what I mean? Um, she's not like that. She's been in stuff. I know I need to, I need to cover my tracks. and She's not a Glenn. She's no Glenn close. How's that? How's that? Um, but, uh, way better, but yeah, she's like this. She's kind of like, if there's a role to fill, Put her in there. Yeah. Kind of like just a... She kind of... I feel like she kind of snuck her way into, like, big league, big league movies. She... She... She's serviceable, is what it is. She yeah. she does the job that she needs to do in it. She's not going to stand out, though. That's yeah. the thing. What, like, Chris like, Pratt stands out, because he's, yeah. he's unique. Yeah. She's not unique. She's kind of an everyman. But she's... Yeah. And she does that well. But it doesn't... It, 
it's not good for this movie because her character literally pops. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't yeah. say literally, but like she's green, so she like yeah, yeah. very vibrant. And even Drax, who is also green, is like not the same green. He's like she, a gray. She, he's like grayish green. She's yeah. like green. Yeah, she's like green screen. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah. Yeah, so Drax, like, part of it is because his character does the literal thing. Yeah. You know, like, which, which is really beating a dead horse after a while. It, exactly. It's yes, but it's also obnoxious because he's not funny. If he was funny, it would play longer and it could probably play a little better. But, like, his delivery is so stilted to me that it's like, oh, we're still doing I think, this. I think that's you know? part of the joke, though, is that. I, I get no. I get what you're saying. <laughs> Part of it is because he's so literal. It's like wouldn't. Here's yeah. here's an example. Which, dang it, you didn't see this. The way that I think they wanted him to be was how people are in the movie The Lobster. Which, okay. Because like I remember, I don't know if you remember. I told you this, but I said that it's like in a weird dystopian world mm-hmm. where everyone is very blunt. Mm-hmm. So it's a very similar concept, but the way that it's done in The Lobster is awesome. And the way that Batista does it in this is terrible. Mm. So it's like, if anyone out there has seen those two movies, that's my comparison. But I just, I, I hate him, dude. I think that when he is like the focus of a scene, it it ruins it. It pulls me out of the movie. So this this movie, that is okay, so now that you mention it, everybody's one note. And I never noticed this until now. But think about, you can put any sort of dialogue in this. So Peter Quill is going to make a quip. He's Andy Dwyer that's muscular. Yes. Uh, Zoe Saldana is going to be angry. Um, Batista's going to, uh, or Drax is going to He's gonna take be... something literal. Yeah. Uh, and then try Rocket's going to be goofy. And then I am Groot. They all have their very specific lines to fill yeah, that they don't true. deviate from. Well, I am Groot is always going to happen. Rocket's always going to do something that's kind of silly and, and violent and aggressive. Uh, Chris Pratt's always gonna be like, oh, oh, guys, guys, you know, blah blah, or dance, and then yeah. like they Very always dance. do that. It's a it's what was a that Mark sw- Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I think it's the Infinity Stone. Guys. <laughs> I think it's the Infinity Stone. It's a Transformer. <laughs> um, well, that's <clears throat> that is true, but I feel like we gotta give them a little bit of credit. They do splash character arcs for everyone because one of yeah. the, I was gonna say is one of the things I like about this movie is that everyone has their own goal and um, motivation, right? And they only come together because they overlap. And while you're right, in, in one way it is one note, in another way it's a surprisingly... Refreshing note? Yeah, because like... It's like okay, a C. For instance, like, like, like Star-Lord has the thing with his mother, right? Mm-hmm. And we see that, which... We get that, and he talks, you know, like I said, the thing with family, but like, um, you know, Gamora is out to get revenge on Thanos. Uh, Drax is trying to get Thanos... Rocket is and Rocket and Groot are assassins that are basically rockets leading the charges. They're trying to get some sort of respect, essentially. Yeah, and like you see the the splashes, like when Rocket is when they're all drunk and he's trying to threaten yeah. everyone. He's like, yeah. he called me a rock, you know, he called me a rodent yeah. or whatever. And it's like there's there's moments of character splashed into these. Um, yeah, no, and I love that scene by the way when he does that. I do I'm too. like, yeah, it's very heartfelt. Uh, we're burying somebody in this. Michael Rooker. Oh, yeah, yeah. As totally, dude. He's great in this, too. I did not appreciate him until he started appearing in the second movie. And then after that, I was like, I actually like Yondu. And <laughs> after going back and watching this, I'm like, he's actually really good. Yeah. Like, he's a really he, good he character. He's a good actor, actually. Michael Rooker. I know, he's in a I bunch know. Of stuff. He's, he was in Walking Dead for a long time. Yep, he was, yep. uh... 
He was in one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies, Mallrats. As, Is he in I, that? I think that's him. You know what? Now I'm going to check it out. I'm pretty sure he was it's been the, a while since I've seen that one. The dad in uh, Mallrats, yeah. That okay. is him. Okay. Yeah, he's he's good in this though. Like, he's good in it. Chris Pratt is good at what he does. You know, the, he Chris Pratt doesn't have a, a much deviation in his performances, but like, he's I feel like he's always entertaining to be like a lovable goof. He seems a little bit more serious in the Jurassic Park movies. Like when you, and yeah, I'll, but he's still this. He's still a lovable goof though. I mean, he is more serious, but yeah, he's always yeah. you know cracking jokes and yeah. Um, but yeah, it. I like I like the characters in this movie. I, I do. Ex- except despite, for the villain. Ex- despite the two, yeah, except for the villain and the two people I just mentioned. Yeah. The villain is completely one, I mean, one note. Um, yeah. So apparently he's coming back for, we'll mention this, for Captain America, or Captain Marvel, because he's a Kree. Oh, and interesting. Captain Marvel is like tied to Kree. I noticed that they had the the three little dot thing. Isn't that Captain Marvel's symbol, or doesn't what, somebody three, have that? The Nova Corps. There's yeah. There's like that little three thing. Who is that? That's somebody? Nova. Okay. Yeah. No. Nova is is like. Is Nova gonna make an appearance? I don't think so. I think that I've was seen him. Nova. Yeah. No. Nova is like the Green Lantern of Marvel, where he's like part of a group of force like you know the green lantern corps is like sure, you know a sure. group of different people that's like kind of what nova is they're like intergalactic okay. police because i've seen nova in the comic books yes i just and i saw their symbol if, this time and i was like dude that's somebody i know that's somebody and i thought yeah. it was captain marvel but i guess it's if nova. you look in the background um the the soldiers that are just like not glenn close or john c Riley have like nova helmets on and they oh, nice. they look like toned down versions of what you would imagine nova looks okay. like um, That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, dude, um, Ronan is lame. Yeah. He So they're blowing gold on him like he's an Aztec god. His ship looks like rolled iron. Um, yeah. He's got a name that's like a Japanese warrior, and he wields a mace, or a big hammer. A big hammer, yeah. And it's like, we've seen the big hammer, bro. You know, like, yeah, you we've, and we just saw blue guys, too. A, yeah. a bad guy with, a bad blue guy with, black splotches on his skin yeah literally two movies ago yeah and he was terrible yeah yeah (laughs) it's terrible yeah they it's i don't know what it is with marvel i mean i guess maybe if you think about it they only have so much to work with with their comics well Um, they they i don't know i don't know what the issue is i mean they focus on i think what they do is they focus so hard on getting the heroes right that they almost neglect the villains you know because at some point you have to sacrifice hero character development versus villain character yeah. development. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And so, both are important. Both are important. It's true. When I but when they I, always put it on the heroes because, yeah. I mean, they only honestly, have so much time in a movie. Yeah. I mean, it's it, you know what honestly it probably is. It's probably a monetary thing. Yeah. They want to market. I was just gonna say that they yeah. want to market Iron Man. They want to market Captain America yeah. and the Guardians of the Galaxy. But like. They don't want they to don't, waste time with the villain. Yeah, why waste... When they can give the star more time, why would they... I don't know. That's what it seems think like. Think about Disney movies, Maybe that's movies, kind of though. cynical, but... Think, think about Disney movies. The best Disney movies have really good villains. Scar, Jafar, Ursula. Um, is the Beast? No, Gaston in Beauty yeah, and the Beast. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, but also, the other thing, too, is those are all... Those are all adaptations. Lion King's Macbeth. <laughs> um... Beauty and the Beast is an old story. 
they're all old stories. Yeah, but, but still, like I mean, I'm I'm so sure that some of the some of the character development is just developing their character. I mean, I think Disney just knows. I guess, yeah, I guess Marvel's an adaptation too, so yeah, that's not even a good good reason. But yeah, and I mean, I think it's I think it's just you're right. I think it's an oversight thing. I tell my kids, I say, dude. Like, everybody needs motivation. Everybody. In your mm-hmm. stories, everybody needs motivation. The best movies, everybody has it. Um, even something as basic, like I said, as uh, I always go to Die Hard. Hans Gruber has a motivation. You know, he's yeah. he's out for himself, and it's couched, and it's kind of a twist. Kind of. But um, he's he's got a motivation as, as to what he, he's trying to do. Yeah. Um, it's not just that he has a, German, a fake German accent, you know. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some. There's a big thing we're missing we haven't talked about yet in this Uh-oh. movie, the music, dude. Oh yeah, the music really is good. like the feel good centerpiece of this whole movie. It's so good. It, I, it really ties the room together. Dude. It really does. Yes, <laughs> it's like the rug for the dude. Yeah, right. it really ties this movie together. Um, I have got both soundtracks. I like do. I got them when they were because I think the one was a free download for a while. Oh really? You could download. Yeah, you could download download volume one for free. Yeah, um, I I didn't really like Volume Two as much, but yeah. um, I've got Volume One on vinyl, and I I honestly yeah. listen to it a lot. Like it's whenever really people good. come over, I always put it on because it's a it's great so, like yeah, it's a nice mix. It's a great yeah. just hanging out, yeah. pleasing, enjoyable mix to listen to. The whole thing yeah. is yeah, it really is. I love the Cherry Bomb song. Yeah, <laughs> that was like so good. Yeah, I mean all the songs fit perfectly, and like so I I mean the music is it's like a, such a huge part of this movie because a lot of times when people like, if you were to go up to anyone who's seen these any like all these Marvel movies, and you'd oh, say yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, give me two words, they would say humor and and music or yeah. comedy and music. Like that's true. That's what this movie is. It's like a goofy movie, a goofy space movie with good music in it. Yeah, that was like um, what was that uh, YouTube series? Every frame of painting where it talks about this, the music. Um, in the Marvel movies, it's funny because yes. if you say they're like, talking about the scores, specifically. the scores, yeah. If you talk about the scores to any of these movies, mm-hmm. nothing. the only one people are ever going to get is dun 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 dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Avengers true, theme the Avengers that's theme. in everything now. Yeah, but, and I think, yeah. um, yeah, but that's which is the why only I think, one. yeah, which is, is why I think this is helpful. It's it's super yes. helpful to have a soundtrack. Pre- yeah, and yeah. and but you can also go too far the other way too, where soundtracks can actually like take away from the movie yeah. but because this is integrated into the movie it's not just and very tastefully yeah yeah exactly it's not just 70s music in space you know like the first thing you see is the reason why the music is in this movie yeah yeah it's almost yeah. like the music is a character in a way totally yeah it's totally yeah. It's, almost, it's like represents his mom but i mean yeah, if you think about like whatever I, yeah the, you're right the music in marvel movies is typically very bad but yeah. or at least forgettable yeah it's always <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah exactly it's like Hmm. Oh no, that's the. <laughs> Isn't that kind of how it goes, though? Yeah, yeah. That, that made me but that could also be the, the 20th uh, century, yeah, twentieth century fox. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that when I was a kid. Uh, that's funny. Do you have a note dump? Yeah, you want to talk some note stuff? I've gotten most of the stuff off of my list already, but there's a couple things um i really i you meant you touched on it earlier but i like the action scenes in this movie mm-hmm. cuz they're grand enough to feel space like but yes. grounded enough to be not just like oh it's a space battle you yeah, know what chaos, i mean like yeah. yeah exactly like the 
I really, I think my favorite action scene, well, I mean, where they steal the leg, break out of prison, that's a great one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. But I do really like the one on Nowhere, too, when they're in the ships. And he gets in the mining ship and pilots another ship. Into another ship through it. Yeah. No, (laughs) I was going to say that, too. They take full advantage of the fact that this is a sci-fi movie. Yes. And and they actually do creative things with that. That was was one I was going to bring up, too, is like flying a ship with another ship. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, but the yeah the leg one's good, and the whole prison scene is great, honestly. Uh, which, by the way, a little cameo you might not have recognized: the dude who Groot puts his stems up his nose. Do you know who that is? No, that's um, what's his name? The guy who played uh, Mal on Firefly. Oh, oh Nathan Fillion. Nathan, no way. Yeah, that's Nathan Fillion. Where he's like, you're a nice piece of meat or whatever, and then wow, like, was he makeuped up? Because I, oh, I did yeah, not notice for that. Sure. Like he's in a very he's CGI, but it's him. Um, yeah, that whole that whole scene is cool too. Or you know, and then they that's where they first kind of first kind of like work together to, you know, get a plan hatched, and it's really goofy. And another thing I I liked was the the take my hand callback at the end, where because he doesn't take his mom's hand in the beginning. Oh yeah, and then at the end, but okay, I will say this. They could have done without the flashback. They would have not showed the mom being like, take my hand. And he's like, mom, it would have been better. Because then it would have just been a natural. I forget whose hand does he take? Uh, Gamora. Oh, it's when he has yeah, the stone yeah. in his hand that's and right, he's like that's melting. Right. Yeah, that's right. I would have wished they wouldn't have shown the flashback of the mom. But it was still kind of cool. And then the the big thing about this movie is we always talk about popability on this show. Yeah, yeah, popability. This has sure. probably the highest popability of any. Oh movie. yeah. Maybe maybe next to Avengers or like yeah. maybe Infinity War, I don't know. But yeah, you could always but throw like, this on in the background and you could just throw it on and watch it. Like if it was on, I would sit down and watch this. Yeah, and you could also watch 5 minutes of this movie and be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you get to go and you're like someone's watching then you sit down and watch 5 10 minutes of this movie and leave and it'd be perfect. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's true too. Because, so, like you said, there's so much action in it, and there's also nonstop comedy in it. The comedy yes. never stops in this. Yeah. Even during the serious scenes. It's one of the first, probably, uh, it's hard to say that because of Iron Man, but it's probably one of the first genuine comedies. I think it is. I would Marvel. say this is the first comedy. Even I mean, yeah. comedy slash, but it's, it's yeah. a comedy for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Well, let's uh, move on to ratings. Ratings? Yay! I'll go first. Go ahead. I like this movie. It's enjoyable. It's funny. Uh, it's the right amount of action without being dumb. Even though there are characters I hate in it, there are characters I really like in it. Mm-hmm. And as a whole, I enjoy the characters. And I enjoy their chemistry. Popability's real high on this one. Yeah. Which helps. Has surprisingly explored themes. The other thing, too, is I like that even though this is a big movie and there's a lot going on, they don't try and do too much with it. I like that the first half is introducing characters, the second half is a small plot. Even though it falls victim to the Marvel villain, like yeah. that's the only way you can do a movie with five main characters that you're meeting for the first time, you know? <laughs> True. I yeah. mean, there's no other way to do it. If they would have, If they would have not introduced the characters well enough, it would have been yeah. Justice League or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. Um, yeah, so this movie is really good. That being said, parts that are cheesy, right? Like, it's not yeah. perfect. It, it falls victim to, like I said, Marvel yes. bad villains. There's some bad acting and casting, I believe. You know, like, even though I think for a Marvel movie it excels at, like, exploring themes and stuff, it's not a, you know, super deep movie anyways, which isn't a huge problem, you know. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's not perfect by any means, but it is very good. 
And I'm gonna give this one a nine. Hmm. Uh, I think I gave Captain America a nine, did or Winter Soldier a nine, didn't I? No, you know what? I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna give this one a nine. That's how I feel about it. It's good. Yeah. A couple small tweaks could have made this a perfect movie. I think. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm bouncing between nine and something else, and I like this movie a lot. It's everything you said. I can I can agree with. It, it's very watchable. Um, you could throw this in at any time. I would say it. It's very memorable too. So it almost suffers from. I've seen this already sometimes. Um, a lot of the jokes remained fresh on this viewing, but I'm sure that if I see this movie three more times, I, I'd kind of get close to maxing them out. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd probably have to space them out. My, my sh- like, this is not one where you were... A- maybe, if you were a kid, you know, you like keep cycling. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would do that with this. But, uh, yeah, it suffers from the same, same things you said. Uh, Marvel villain... It it's hard to take points away from that anymore because it's so. <laughs> well, typical. they all rightfully should have points taken. Away I know, from it, you know, I know, I know. It it's just weird though that it's becoming a norm. You know. You know what? I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm actually gonna drop. I am gonna do eight eight point five. <laughs> See, 8.5. that's where I would probably a small put mine. a small half. Eight point five. This is my problem is I don't do points, and it is an eight point yeah. five movie, so I have to well, figure you got out a round. Uh, yep. Why well, I, I don't know if I want to round down or up. That's my issue. So well, the rule is you got to round up. I don't if know if I want to... if it's a five or higher, yeah. you got to go up. That's how I you do it. I, well, see, here's the thing. I don't know <laughs> if I want to do that. All right, <laughs> I will. I will say. Call it an eight point four nine. Eight point four nine. It's yeah, man. I don't know. There's scenes like I said. There's there's scenes where it's normal, like it's a normal pace, um, where there's dialogue happening amongst the villains yeah. or. Um, a heartfelt conversation between Chris Pratt and uh, Gamora or something like that. And it really drags the movie down. And I hate saying that because I don't want to advocate for um, zany, fast-paced movies that are like almost hard to watch because they're so so hyped up. Um, You didn't like the Kevin Bacon combo, huh? Yeah, I mean... it's like they have to spice up their conversations because they're so boring. And whereas in a normal Marvel movie, those would probably be normal. You know, it's just this right. movie is so fast paced. I I find it hard to give it a nine. Yeah, it it almost it it's a little, it's an eight point five movie, but I can't give it an eight point five. I'm gonna give it oh man, an eight's a little rough because uh, it's a good movie. It actually is. It's of of all these like. I mean, you put this against uh, Thor: Dark World. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's, it's like no no day. contest. Yeah, it's funny because like we said, there's the ba- the bad blue guy with the black splotches. Yeah, who yeah. I think don't we get another one of those too? Oh, of? it's constant blue in these movies. Constant blue energy beam that they're fighting. Uh, yeah. There's blue enemies. It's it's like for whatever reason that palette is awkwardly, which is weird because. Villains in the Marvel universe were always like opposite colors to the heroes, so you think you'd yeah. see a lot more like greens and reds and whatever. I yeah, don't know. maybe not. But anyway, um, man, Purples. purple. Yeah, yeah. You should Thanos. see be, be well, seeing. Yeah, you do see Thanos. Oh, yeah, He's the main purple. That's why I said that. Oh, fair enough. Um, so eight. I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah, eight. I probably shouldn't. It it probably should be a nine. I just 
it it's not a nine. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because, like I said, I think the more I watch this movie, the more my opinion goes up on it. I think when I initially saw it, I probably would have given it like a six and a half or a seven. Wow, but really? Like, that yeah, low? But now that I've seen it a couple times, like like I said, each time I watched it, I like it a little bit more. So, yeah, it's going to be an eleven at some point. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think it'll ever pass. It won't ever pass Dark Knight. Yeah. As far as the best yeah, no. best superhero movie, I mean. That there's Avengers. there's some contenders out there though, you know, like for best superhero movie. But I feel Avengers? like Dark Knight, Avengers is definitely one. Avengers and Dark Knight are probably like the tops. I th- yep, uh, I th- I would argue Logan's pretty good. It, not a ten. Would it be a ten? Oh, I like Logan a lot. I think Logan. Well, hold on. And, but hold on on, on numbered reviews because yeah, we we'll get to that true. one. Yeah, that's true. And that is not going to be a good series. I can promise you that. Yeah. Oh God. The Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Man. Specific X Men series. Oh. Anyway. I feel like that's the first time I ever experienced outrage at a movie. Oh, dude! And I was young at this one. No, at, at X Men Origins. That's what I was talking yeah. about. The first one. Yeah. 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 So I think that's right where it should go. Eight point five eight. Yeah. Next week we're going to be reviewing Age of Ultron. Wow. Age of Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. That's two more. We got seems this sudden. and then we got Ant-Man. Yeah. That seems sudden. Yeah. So, and it's weird cuz Guardians aren't even in that one, are they? No. It's it's funny because they don't fit. Well, they don't fit, which they do kind of in Infinity War, but like they don't fit, but it's almost a refreshing cuz watching these movies in order like this, especially coming off of two of maybe arguably the worst movies in, the, oh, in yeah. all of Marvel. Yeah. Um and then getting Guardians, it's like a really refreshing change. Yeah. By the way, nice one-two punch again with uh, Cap and then this. And then this it was yeah. like really totally good. Different one- movies. Yes. Yes. Well, it's probably as different as two Marvel movies can yes. get. Yeah. If you guys want to contact us, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we got a Serious Series podcast group going there. You can get us on Twitter at Serious Series Pod. You can get us at Gmail at Serious Series Podcast at Gmail and you can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes. If you're in Alaska, we have a P.O. box up there in Anchorage. Uh, <laughs> but you have to find it, though. You have to find it. We're not going to tell you where that is. Until next time, I'm Chris Lee. And I'm Kirk Knudsen. To be continued.